Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by HypeBot.com. As always, Thank you, Bruce. Jay and I love to uh, share the love for HypeBot and Bruce and everything you guys do to to support the show and and yep. and help the music community in general. So everybody, check out HypeBot.com if you don't. Um, so we've got a special guest joining us this week, Jay. We do. We have Taylor Blasco. Taylor is in label development at InGrooves. And for those of you that don't know what InGrooves is, or maybe you don't even know what label development is, uh, Taylor, I'll let you kind of explain what the heck do you do? Yeah. Um, so first I'll start on InGrooves. InGrooves is essentially a, a distribution service that uh, kind of acts as a marketing service as well. Um, the label development team uh, is almost like a product or project management team where we are working with multiple labels, all genres, um, yeah. kind of consulting them on what to do for their d digital releases and then taking the info from them and then getting it to the appropriate uh, DSPs such as Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we also are continually looking for opportunities outside of those spaces, whether it's uh, brand partnerships, brand opportunities, uh, radio, uh, really a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just so everybody knows, um, I, I'm, I'm friends with Taylor. And one of the things that I love doing is once in a while we'll meet, you know, at the coffee shop and kind of solve all the industry's problems over some iced coffee. And it's kind of like how Michael and I first started this um, you know, relationship here with the podcast is we would have these great conversations and then just said, you know, why don't we, you know, record some of these things? So Taylor, I would love, I mean, there's, we could talk for hours and hours about it, but I, I think people need to know that number one, you're very, um, on top of what's kind of going on in the digital landscape. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of the focus of your job or is it just all over the map? Uh, it's, it's, I would say 98% digital <laughs> uh, and it's great because we'll get for all the new information from Spotify, Apple music, we will get first. Um, and it's really helpful to be able to share that with labels and artists and make recommendations on what they should be doing to uh, increase their audience um, and, and just really stay on top of best practices. Really? I mean, it's essentially yeah. all best practice information that, that we share. Uh, I would say it's 98% digital, whether it's digital marketing, um, social media. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so let, let me ask a couple questions for some of our listeners who, who may not be familiar with InGrooves. Um, one, you're a, phys are, you're a digital, but do you also distribute physical? We do, yes. Okay, so you, you cover both ends of the spectrum. Um, is it a service where any artist can just go to your website and sign up to be distributed, or do you sort of have a curation process of who you select to distribute? Definitely, yeah. There is a, there is a curation process. There is thresholds that have to be met. I know they look at past sales data, uh, audience information, if there's catalog coming over there. There's many different checkboxes that we look for. It's not quite a CD Baby or TuneCore where we just like take on everything. Um, it, it's more selective, and then it gets assigned. Um, if it is at another certain threshold, then it will get assigned a label manager, um, which is able to offer the marketing support and marketing advice uh, like myself. 
So that that was the second part of the question. So from a, a, a label relationship standpoint, um, are we talking small indie labels up to major labels? So, you know, if if Jay and I started a record label and we had three artists, you know, are there criteria that you would you would review to determine if there's a relationship to be had there with that label? What 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 is that? Because let, let's be honest, in this day and age, everybody can be a label. Sure. And they wake up in the morning and say, guess what? I'm calling my label Jay's Records, and here, sure. I'm on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's really all across the board. So I, I work with indie labels. Uh, you know, Some of them have like 800 monthly listeners, like very small numbers. They require a bit more hand-holding, but uh, I like to work with those labels because I have more control over uh, their marketing rollout and their marketing plan and like what how they're going to roll out the release. I can control that more where it's like a major label where, you know, they may have like millions of monthly listeners, all kinds of fans on tour. They have their own graphic department. They're, they're building the marketing plan. They're designing the rollout. Um, I, I also like working with those because I can use those as a case study because they have bigger budgets, bigger uh, marketing ideas. So I can kind of, I still enjoy working with those obviously because uh, it's uh, a different side of the spectrum, I guess, from, from the indie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And what do you find, you know, is the the most fun part of your job? New Music Friday. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Let's Friday. talk about that for a second. Uh, yeah, New Music Friday. Um, that is, I guess it is the best part of the week. Um that's when the new music will go up on services. I'm one of the guys that's refreshing Spotify and Apple Music at 9 p.m., seeing what new is coming out, and then in turn seeing what placements uh, releases I've worked on has got have gotten, whether it's banners, uh, playlisting. Uh, that's definitely the best part of the week. Nice. That's like the payoff. It's like all the work that uh, we do, the label does, our sales team. Uh, that's kind of like where it all comes together. Yeah. How do you break it up? Do you work with Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Pandora, and somebody else works with, you know, Amazon. I mean, how do you break up the responsibilities or do you just work everything across the board? For looking at placements or are you, are you talking about just pitching? Yeah. yeah, with pitching. With pitching. So yeah, Ingroups has account managers for all the major services. They're also responsible for like checking out the placements and we use a uh, chart metric a lot. Um, just because it has super up-to-date playlist info. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we do have account managers for all the uh, major services and including like Sirius uh, and then even like the smaller services like Slacker and SoundCloud, we, we've got somebody even managing those. Yeah. What are some of the artists that, in, for people who don't know InGrooves, what are some of the artists that InGrooves distributes? Sure. Um, we, it's, it's all over, which is really exciting. Uh, on the electronic side, we've got Alinium, Send the Sky, Big Gigantic, Grammatic. Uh, we've got Joe Bonamassa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with, uh, Vintage Trouble as of recently. Um, we've got, I'm trying to think on some other genres. Yeah, not to put you on the spot. Chris Hip Hop, we've got the whole Strange Music Crew, um, so, so the, the, these are exclusive. Is well, let me ask it this way: Do you only sign exclusive distribution deals with clients? No, they'll vary, but the ones I'm naming are all exclusive. Yeah, 
Yeah, you also had some really cool alarm reissues. I'm a big uh, alarm right, yes. fan, and that was really exciting to finally see all those come out on vinyl. And you guys treated that with uh, a lot of love and respect. Those yeah, were that was really, really well nice done. Rollout. That was uh, another label manager out of the UK, and another uh, partnered with a label manager in, the, in New York. That was a really yeah. neat rollout. Yeah. So you you're talking. You're having direct re- relationships with the the DSPs. So you're kind of on the cutting edge of their new programs and things that are are happening there. What are your thoughts on you know kind of these smart speakers? You know, like the Amazon Echo and the you know Apple HomePod and you know the Google Home. You know, are you dealing with that stuff? And and you know, what do you think about that? I think it's a very exciting uh, development just because it's going, if it isn't already, it will be in everybody's house. I'd say in the next like two years, just for the ease uh, of use. Um, and even to sign up, it's easy. It's like, if you want to stream a, uh, a song on Amazon music, you pretty much just have to say yes and it'll sign you up for the subscription. Um, I think they're great. I think the opportunities um, are massive because Amazon also isn't even out in every country yet. So as soon as they start opening their music service up to all countries, I mean, that's just, it's just going to grow exponentially. Um, yeah. I, I, we've, we've spoken about before when you ask a speaker to play, um, play children's music, play hip hop music. Um, I think there'll be more interest and more requests for labels to have their music prioritized on that playlist to come up first. Um, I'm sure majors will still have a lot of, major labels will still have a lot of control over um, the playlist placement within those. Um, Yeah. yeah, Let let me ask you, you know, one of the things that a lot of independent artists, artists that, that aren't on any label of any size releasing their own music, you know the the big challenge they have with um, distributors and then the the digital service providers are pitching, getting somebody's ear. Um, so, you know how realistic is that you have an artist that you're distributing them, that they're going to be able, will they be able to get somebody at Ingrooves to hear them that will pitch them at the at the same level you're going to pitch. A label that you represent? I mean, is that realistic for an artist to think? With uh, if, if the artist is going through in-grooves or just doing independent? Going, going through in-grooves. For sure. So we ask our labels to identify priority releases to us. We obviously can't say, like, everything is a priority. Um, so, yeah, we it's up to the labels to tell us, the like, if it is a high priority, if there is, like, their big third quarter, fourth quarter projects just so we can get it, uh, we can start the conversations early with the DSPs. Um, of course, if somebody sends us all the marketing info, all the drivers, um, any, any highlights, whether it's like streaming highlights, playlist highlights, of course we will pass that pass that along. But I mean, sure. if, if a label isn't taking it so serious or if it's not a priority, it's pretty direct to us right off the bat because there won't be any information for us to share. We can't just be like, hey, Amazon, here's... Here's a okay. great song. So, 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 what, what about if you're an independent artist that doesn't have a label that's pitching you to in grooves? How, how realistic will it be for just 
the standalone artist to get somebody's ear at InGrooves and say, here's what I'm doing. Can you make me a priority? Can you pitch me to the DSPs? Yeah, sure. And that, that's kind of where I work on the indie side more because I, I will have more control and they will take my advice more. So if they identify something, I can kind of steer them to how the rollout should be, what the marketing plan should look like. I'm able to send uh, examples of the marketing plan um, and also direct them to like either advertising services, whether it's like Weibo or um, Gupta or one, or one of those. Sure. Um, and then really just sharing our best best practice information with them. Sure. Um, uh, that's an excellent start. What 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 are a few things that would help an artist if the indie artist is reaching? They're distributed by you and they're reaching out to you. What are a few things that they could present to you that are you're going to look at and go yeah okay this is getting my attention i like what yeah. i'm seeing here because at, at the, i think at the end of the day we all agree it's got to be great music but it's yes. not just about the music anymore first and foremost and I, I, yeah second i would say the image the image has become so important i focus a lot on uh hip-hop just because it's a passion and it's, it's number one genre right now so i would say the image is super important whether it's on social media, if you're putting out YouTube videos, um, and constant contact with your fans, with, whether it's going live on Instagram, sharing stories, um, just being super active in the space. Uh, How important so, is that narrative, Taylor? You know, when you are speaking to, let's say, a, a DSP or even internally, how important is it that? It's not just, hey, I'm a hip-hop artist distributed by InGrooves. I've got a new record out. How important is that kind of that message about why people should care? I would, I would say it's like 50% of it. It's, it's, it's important. Um, Spotify is going to want to know the story of the artist and exactly that, why people should care. And whether it's something that's happening in the culture of hip-hop, whether it has a maybe it has an amazing video that uh, they're going to put a ton of money behind and just blow it up on YouTube. That's all important stuff they're going to want to know. They're going to want and they'll want to know if like you'll have the Spotify link in the description or if you'll have an info card with Spotify. Just any kind of extra marketing you can offer them uh, yeah. is, a, is a huge plus to them, and they will they will kind of uh, they they will give you a bit more if they see that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is different about you uh, compared to most people who do kind of label development at what I call the major indies, you know, the ADA, Caroline, Cobalt, InGrooves, I think are kind of in that group, um, is that you're also very involved with artists. And uh, is that something you can speak to? Sure, yeah. Um, I manage... Uh like about eight artists, uh, hip hop and pop, um, which has been also just kind of like an experiment for me. Uh, it was really, I had the tools to start this. Um, and a lot of it has been organic with no budget. Mm -hmm. And we've seen some, some success from that. It's possible to, to if the content is good and uh, the music is good, it is possible to do it with no budget. Yeah, what have you learned by doing that, Taylor? I mean, by working grassroots with little budgets, that's something that, I mean, you just learn trial and error. And can you can you talk a little bit about 
what kind of things have you seen that have really helped and maybe some things that surprised you that you learned by kind of helping these artists grow their base? Yeah, I would say fan engagement, um, getting that fandom, selling that uh, is, is very important, even from like a small level. I mean, I'm working with artists that don't have many followers, but um, they have these fans that will share on socials, will share on their stories. And it's like giving that exclusivity of like knowing that. And so other people will be like, who is that? Who, who's, uh, whose song is that? That sounds, that sounds like something I would like. Uh, it, I think it's, I think that's super important. Um, and just, it's, it's been really neat to work with all these creative uh, individuals. A lot of them are, you know, just in college still, and they're mm-hmm. just super creative and just doing really amazing things with no budget. Um, well, will InGrooves um, make a, a financial investment in any of the deals and that you, you put together with artists or labels? Yes, uh, if, if if we're presented with a solid marketing plan and like uh, kind of how that will be spent, whether it's on PR, radio, social media advertising, yes, they will. But we would need like an itemized breakdown of how that will be used. So, in 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 some sense, you guys are a record label. Yeah, yeah, we will we will invest in projects if there's a plan behind it. Okay. Yeah, they're. Um... A record label they distribute labels and they're a distributor and is is that global taylor do you do you handle other territories as well as the u.s we do i actually just got assigned a label uh out of paris this week uh oh, nice so yeah just kind of we really the label managers do it on genre number one and then location second um so we kind of all have our areas of expertise, whether it's soundtracks, um, electronic, indie, catalog, we all have our our areas of our strengths. That must be really exciting for you to work on all different genres. More importantly, see your um, coworkers working different things. So you get to see, you know, things that people are trying across the board, right? Yeah. And, And and that I think would be really compelling because you may not have thought of attacking a certain marketing plan in a certain way, Exactly. but I mean, how does that work? I mean, are you finding that you're, you're learning some best practices by maybe, even though you might be in, you know, passionate about uh, hip hop, you know, sure. maybe either, is there something you could learn from the EDM or country or rock world? Yeah, no, I, we don't talk about it, but I think we're also consciously watching each other and, Kind of watching uh, in our meetings, like what what each other are do, what each other is doing, um, and, and things move so fast. I mean, every week there's new releases, and it, that that's a, that's a struggle. Is like because things move so fast, it's hard to put a lot of focus onto one just one project, and especially after it's released. Um, it, it, obviously, if the mo- momentum is there and things are moving, yes. But yeah. what if something didn't stick? Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a question I'm I'm always asking myself. Yeah, because we're always asking. Well, we're always telling clients, and I know you do the same thing. Uh, a playlist is not a marketing plan. Yes, and especially in in some of the things that you work on, I'm sure a lot of these guys are saying, "Hey, just get me on Rap Caviar," and we're of we're course, good yeah, to go. just just New Music Friday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you tell these guys? 
Uh, I say, well, we will try. <laughs> We're going to need some serious, uh, some serious drivers from you in, re in return. There has to be something going on around the track. Absolutely. There has My to smart be speakers heard me say hip hop, and now it's playing music. <laughs> hey Siri, stop! <laughs> I, get, I, I said I don't know how. I'm sorry. To <laughs> I, we said the word hip hop, and all of a sudden, my HomePod just started this radio station on the hip hop, and it was loud, and I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Please continue. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, let me let me ask you a uh, uh, like a hypothetical situation here, because I think we've all gotten this, but I'd love to hear your response. You get an artist that says, "Man, I'm I'm not sure if I want my music up on Spotify and Apple Music. They 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 don't pay me." You know, they don't, I don't make any money. Look at so-and-so got 3 million spins on it and he got a check for 12 cents. I'm not sure I want my music out there. Yeah. Well, one, you're cutting your accessibility and your reach so drastically by not being available on those platforms. And two, you're not going to get rich off streaming alone. I think that's a big misconception, especially in RAF. Like, of course, there's some money there, but you're not going to be buying cars and chains off streams alone. Uh, one, a lot of that is rented. But two, I think a lot of the money comes from merch and the branding that you sell and the, the touring, obviously. But, yeah, if you're, if you're saying you don't want to be on Spotify and Apple Music, I think that's, in 2018, that is silly. <laughs> you're just cutting your accessibility completely. Is there anybody out there, whether it's one of your artists or another Ingroves artist, that you think is doing it right, that's doing some cool stuff that's maybe a little bit different um, marketing-wise? What, what are some things that people should think about when they're marketing their records these days? Sure. So um, two, I have two things come to mind. One is a bit more simple. It's like the new, the new pre-save that we're, we're seeing uh, so much now. Yep. Um, we had an idea to really any extra incentive you can give with that. Um, I was working with an electronic artist who has a pretty serious Facebook group following, SoundCloud following, really strong socials. Uh, with the pre-save, we gave uh, a download of the B-sides from the album. Uh, so once you added it to your library, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, you got directed to a page where you could download B-sides from the album that would never be up on Spotify and Apple Music. So it was kind of like the exclusivity of being very able cool. to have that for the real yeah. fans. Yeah, very cool. That was one idea. Uh, the second is uh, another electronic label I'm working with. When you do the pre-save, you got uh, pushed out to this web website after it was pre-saved. Um, and you could type a message. Uh, and it was somehow, they coded it so it somehow turned into like cursive and it would be stuck onto this wall. So you could leave a message for the artist. Uh, so I, I think any little extra piece like that yeah. um, goes a long way. And especially if you can get extra Apple Music branding in there, Spotify branding in there and show that to them, they'll, they'll just love that because it's free uh, advertising for them at the end of the day. How, how can an artist or a label... Um, Show the love to all the DSPs without really playing favorites. I mean, you know, we, we, we keep to, yeah we keep talking about well, you know, Spotify will do this if they see that. Yeah. Well, when you do that, then you're not doing it for Apple Music. Yeah, and when that, you're doing it for Apple, you're ignoring Spot. How do you keep an even playing field with all these people? I, I guess doing doing all another. 
like doing posts about all or doing the fan link where you've got all six of the major links up there. Um, even or even just like a post for for each. You know, you can call out Spotify one, you can call out Apple Music one, and then Amazon. I see a lot of people doing. They'll talk to the smart speaker and be like, uh, "Hey Siri, play so and so," and it'll be like the artist asking the the smart speaker to do that. I, I I haven't seen somebody successfully push all services yet. It, uh, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. What about after the fact? Are you a, a proponent of? If you are added, let's say one of your artists is added to uh, a playlist, are you posting about that and driving traffic back to it and saying... Big time, yes. Yeah. Um, so we recommend doing a post across socials where it's like, thank you, Apple Music, for including me on New Fire this week. Uh, we also recommend to put a little bit of ad budget behind that so it'll pop up more frequently. Um, and really, you want to drive all traffic. Um to yeah. that playlist you want to get all plays coming from that playlist because what what the services are going to do they're going to see how much traffic you brought to that playlist see how many times you were streamed on that playlist and then you just kind of move through their playlist ecosystem yeah 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 that's smart um when you're dealing with um your artists are are you still pushing email or are you primarily pushing uh socials um, for the ones that already have the email database built up, I'll recommend doing that, but a lot of it is just social media, mostly Instagram. Twitter is kind of, Twitter's there, but it's not as strong as Facebook or Instagram. And even Facebook now, the ads just aren't really re- returning the, C- like the CTR rate that we would like to, like to see. Yeah. Instagram though, it's right in your face. Yeah. Seems to be a little younger. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and are is this be, are you pushing socials more because so many artists just don't even have never thought about an email list, have never put time into building one because my experience is I'm still just baffled. I'm coming across artists, you know, in 2018 that have never thought of building an email list. Yeah. And and it's like I understand that. All right, start building it now. We aren't going to have anything to use, but maybe in two years you'll finally have a list that can be used. But you know, to put to put all your eggs in the social media basket, you know, you're relying on you know Facebook not screwing the algorithm up next week and destroying yeah. ad reach and sure. you know all of a sudden Instagram changes something that doesn't allow you to do what you had been doing. You know, sure. when when you put your eggs in somebody else's business social media you're at their mercy when you have yeah. an email address you aren't relying on anybody else other than you got an email address you can market to it yeah. is smart I, I think a lot of the new artists don't don't think of that though like because i i i myself i'll get emails from stuff and i'll just immediately delete you know I, I, it's, it's, it's tough but the way i have seen it work well is artists will do a free show but to get in for free you have to rsvp with your email address and then nice. I'll notice that you'll get emails, you know, from that artist or from that label. Uh, sure. I think that's the best way to do it sure. for a new artist. Yeah, I mean, there's all, all these great tools like Noise Trade and Bands in Town. You know, ways to use email yeah. uh, very I also inexpensively. Know there's like a black market of like trading these email lists too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I do think that that's important. The thing that frustrates me is, you know, we helped Facebook build this platform, and I really don't have a vehicle right now to 
inexpensively and effectively send a message to everyone following my artist that's chosen to follow my artist. Yeah, there's there's no way to do that. You know, I'm sure you could, you know, just do a global boost for thousands of dollars and maybe hope you can get some of those. But that's, you know, to Michael's point, you know, just because you're posting on socials, even if you're boosting it, it's still a certain percentage of your fan base that's going to see it, right? Sure. And we always recommend, to, to just touch on that one more time, we always recommend doing like a, a GIF ad or a, a video ad, something that's a little bit more than just, just an image. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it goes without saying, you know, you need a website as well. Oh, yes. You have to have a website. I, you know, again, 2018, I'm still baffled. I'm dealing with a band right now who's <laughs> who's touring the U.S. and Canada, and we're dealing with venues and the venues are like, oh, you know, ticket sales are weak. And I'm like, but you don't even have a website for your venue. You don't have an email list of customers that go to your venue. You've got a thousand people on your Facebook page that like you. Yeah, it's like it's I mean, like you get a website for like under two hundred dollars. Exactly. Days. Yeah, you know, part I guess part of my frustration is it's funny. I did a, a a podcast yesterday where the the interviewer asked me, he's like, "What's the biggest problem you see with artists?" And and I guess it's like they still don't get the basics. Yeah. You know, they're worried about, you know, and and again, it's not to say it's not important, but they're like, all right, I need that Spotify pre-save and all this other cool, you know, because that's the latest, hottest thing being talked about right now. But at the end of the day, I'm smashing my head against the wall because your website hasn't been updated in two and a half years and your email list has 500 people on it. And yet you've never sent a single email out to these people, so it's a dead list. And <laughs> you know, and, and it's sort of like you gotta deal with the basics. Yeah, you're right. And and, and and I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but those are things that people like you and DSPs will look at. If I'm gonna get behind an artist, I wanna see that you've at least got the basics taken care of. Of course, yeah. Website, Facebook, Instagram official artist channel on YouTube, those are all super, super important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's really frustrating um, when I'm working with an artist or management and either their website is so incredibly outdated, and Michael and I have talked about this before on the show, that they can't even update their own website. But websites don't need to be these complex things. When you go to a website, you want to see, okay, um, is this band touring? I mean, what are some tour dates? I want to make sure that there's some dates listed on the website. So if sure. somebody's interested, right, just simple things like that, yeah. maybe a sample to video sample to audio it and a place for people to sign up to uh, have that relationship, that email relationship. If you can keep it super simple like that and keep it updated, you know, like you said, it costs next to nothing. And it's one of the first things, you know, if somebody, if Michael calls me up and says, Hey, have you heard about this band? I go check their website, you know, and you know, it'd be great if they have links to the DSPs or links to the socials. And you touched on this a second ago, Taylor. Um, There are easy links that you can get from Linkfire, Feature FM, Bitly, whoever, uh, Radial. There are places you can go. Well, it's one link and it lists all these things. So they click on it on a portable device or on their laptop, and it's all right there in one link. Sure. And you get great analytics back from from most of those services too. 
which in turn you can share and say, hey, Apple Music, I drove 1,500 people to your platform because they want to see that you're engaging users and listeners in their platform. That's a good point. Do you ever say to a DSP, hey, look, I'm getting tons of streams on my artists on this platform and you guys are missing the boat. You, you need to take another listen. Yeah, that, that's a really uh, that's a that's a good point, and that, that does happen a lot, especially on the electronic side. But we'll see support from the Apple Music editors, and we'll say, "Hey, this track is performing really well here. Haven't gotten a whole lot of Spotify love. You're kind of missing out." Yeah. Yeah. When 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 you've got a, a client you're working with, we've talked about how upfront you want to see the marketing plan, and you want to talk with them, and you know they kind of do the pitch to you. But as the release is now going on, how important it is, it, how important is it for that artist or indie label to just kind of keep you updated every week with, hey, this is what we did this week. It's not so much asking you to do anything, but, you know, your, your plate is obviously very full. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can't watch every single client every single day and go, well, did they post did they share the playlist they just got at? You know, so the question is, is it important to keep you, you know, the, the, the project manager for my release, my label updated for the next four months through the release cycle of everything that goes on? Hey, Tyler, we just landed this interview. Of course. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's kind of how like PR, that's like the frustrating point with PR. Everybody wants the PR before the release, but you're not going to get those results and you know the articles and the interviews and the reviews and the premieres until after it's out. So what we'll do after, after the key first week of release, uh, I'll usually get like PR updates, especially from a lot of the electronic labels. They're really good about this, sharing all the articles that came out that week, whether it's a review, whether it's a premiere, a post, anything. Um, and then if there's any, anything significant there, we will, um, it will be like a, a maintain pitch or a repitch with uh, that, that extra information that came out. Um, and again, if you can include links in those, blog, in those posts or those premieres, or those reviews, that's also an even better look. Um, I, I've never really seen it drag out four months, though. Well, no, no, right. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 but, was... but, but, the, but the, the point being, I think a lot of people probably are like, all right, the album's coming out, let's have the big meeting, and then you probably don't hear from a lot of people ever again. You're right, a lot of the time. That's <laughs> a lot exactly of the time. It is, and it just kind of falls. They fall falls off your, They fall off your radar. You know, I think it, it's, it's a case of, you know, you got to make noise if you want to be heard. Sure, and yeah, a lot we look at is like okay, we're like a like a concerned, um, I guess data point if you want to call it that. We 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 see is when you're getting a lot of playlist plays, but your collection plays are just really low. Um, that's that's bad because once you get removed from those those playlists, your your plays are gone. Right. Um, yeah, so that source really push, stream is really yeah. Important. We really push for people to add it to the to their library. That's why the pre-save is so important. That's why the pre-out is so important because it's in the user's library. Um, and then it's kind of I found rejuvenate that after it's out, whether it's like a deluxe edition you put out or it's like a remix EP you put out. Uh, it's kind of how can you re- breathe new life into the album after it's out. Yeah. What What's your opinion on these many third-party playlist pitch services that 
You know, you can hire them, and they claim they're going to get you added to. They're going to they're going to get you to the official <laughs> DSP playlist and all these third party playlists. I'm Big sure you shame. hear about this all the time, right, Taylor? I'm yeah, sure you always come to you and go, "Man, you know, I heard about this place, and if I pay them X, they can give me so many spins." What do you think? I've seen it work once, and I don't know how it was done. So, but every other time, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what happens. Um, they'll promise they'll do like playlist promotion. They'll say they're going to get you on all these playlists, um, but they're never going to be Spotify official. There's absolutely no way you can pay to be on a Spotify playlist. I've never seen a that. Spotify curated one. Spotify right? curated yeah. playlist. Yeah. Um, what what will happen is you'll get a ton of streams. You'll get your streams. They'll go up, but they're all going to be from the free tier. That's Spotify right. Can see all this data, and we can too. Yeah. So you see a big spike, and then as soon as that campaign ends, it's going to be it's going to be completely yeah. cut off. And that's just like when you're repitching or when you're actually trying to get good playlists. Uh, it's just not the look. Yeah. And, and and you can see if it's coming from a paid tier or a free tier, and they're they're not going to support. Uh, you know, a release where it's like 90% free tier streaming because that's it's right. probably not, not legit. Yeah, I'm working uh, with a client right now who this just what you described is going on. And it's also not only is uh, like 92% of the streams coming from the free tier, you know, the ad supported, but they're coming from another country. And if you look at the source of stream, it's all being played from, you know, the artist profile. It's not coming from any playlists. Yeah. And it's the same thing with um, looking at spikes in socials when people buy SoundCloud followers exactly, or yeah. Facebook or whatever it is. Anybody who has, you know, uh, any smarts about this will look at the data and see these huge spikes and look on socials and see that nothing really drove it, like uh, a big PR hit or sure. or something. And they're going to know it's not legit. So our, you know, I'm glad that your advice is kind of the same. It's like it's probably not in your best interest to pay for play. No. Um, I haven't seen it work. There are some legitimate. Um, networks of people who have user curated playlists where you can send them and they'll listen to it and maybe they'll add it. A lot of times they'll ask for money. I, I, I don't know. I, it's a sham. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I guess I would, I would add there's, there's nothing wrong with going out and trying to get third party playlists, especially no, user not. playlists to add you. I think the issue is paying somebody who's set, who's going to basically try and guarantee you getting added and yeah. and and that's the issue i have i mean playlist pitching services are sort of like pr in that you have to understand nothing's a guarantee it, it for a legitimate pr hit a le right. legitimate playlist ad yeah. it's not a guarantee it's, it's an editorial decision it's an editorial right? decision based on some relationships but if somebody says, of the music. Hey, give me 500 bucks and I'll get you added to it, you've, you literally should have alarms going off that moment that someone's going <laughs> to guarantee you anything. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what I recommend when I hear that is like spend that money on PR. Spend that 3500 on PR and like a really good video. Or like not a really yeah. good video, but a video. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it inexpensively. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm against that. But, you're, I mean, you're right. I even follow some third-party playlists that I enjoy that I don't feel are um, – yeah, I don't feel like anything's being shoved in my face. Um, 
So yeah. th there's definitely real ones. There's definitely like real networks of good third party playlists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Taylor, listen, um, we, we could probably talk to you for another three hours. I hope you'll, you'll come back on and yeah, we'll talk about some of the other things that are going on. Where can people find you on the web and maybe even check out some of your artists? Uh, okay. Uh, my, all my handles are Taylor Blasco website is in progress. I know we're just talking about it. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> it's being built. Uh, the label is called plain dealer records. Uh, there's playlists across Apple music and Spotify with the whole catalog on it. Um, so yeah, working on the website. Uh, if not. And, and, and what's the best way for somebody to, you know, Pitch themselves to InGrooves to see if you're interested in distribution. Yeah, so we have a biz uh, business development team. Um, I don't have their exact criteria of what they look for, but um, what, what usually happens if somebody refers somebody to me is uh, I will just intro them to the biz dev team and they'll kind of take it from there. Sure. Can they pitch through your web through the InGrooves website? Can they kind of reach there, out? There, there is too? a box for that, but I think it's always better if you know somebody. Yeah, uh, there, sure. There is a, that makes there sense. Is a contact form then. Yeah, as it ever was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, super great talking with you, Taylor. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy yeah, day. Thank you, guys so thank much you for Taylor. Me. Thank you so much. Great meeting you, Jay. Pleasure. Good seeing you guys. Take care. See you guys. Fun conversation, you know. It's always yeah. it's always it's always beneficial talking to somebody from a distributor, especially a distributor of the caliber of InGrooves. Yeah, and they have something that is really valuable, um, and that is they have regular meetings with all these not only DSPs like you know Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon, but also a lot of these um, marketing companies and you know Gupta Media and Dash Two and Gary Group and um, you know. They're uh, kind of their job as a distributor, not only to get the music out everywhere globally, but to kind of educate their artists and their managers and their labels about what's going on. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of people will put their music out on their own, but these, what I call major indies are really hungry. You know, that's the ADA, Caroline, Cobalt, InGrooves, um, Amplified, a lot of these places will work hard for you and part of their service which is really valuable guys like taylor can explain and walk you through some of the things that you need to know yeah yeah you know nothing wrong with the cd babies and the tune cores of the world because everybody's got to start somewhere that's right it's a guaranteed distribution but at some point you know um yeah you know good luck getting somebody on the phone at cd baby or tune core that you can pitch yourself to and that will then turn around and pitch you. So, you know, when your career reaches that next level, something you might want to look at is changing your distribution to a partner who's there for you. It's got an ear for you that you can actually pitch to. Absolutely. And go get, to their websites yeah. and you can see which genres their, their strengths are at. And then you can see where you might fit best. Yep, definitely. All right. Another awesome episode. Go visit HypeBot. HypeBot.com. We'll see everybody next week. All right.